Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is artist, magician, and noted memory expert, Sarah Elephant. She's the co-creator of the best-selling memory art series and the mind behind the delightful memory routine, Easy as Pie. She joins me to talk about memory paths, palaces, and how she got interested in mixing memory and magic. Nick Lacapo joins me via Discord to discuss the feature product of the week from Paul Curry. Before all of that, Mark Zakaria joins me for one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians imagine what it will be like to become stranded in a tropical paradise with only one book of magic in a segment we call Desert Island Magic Books. Mark Zakaria, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for Desert Island Magic Books. Let's say you wash up on a desert island with one magic book, and it, but it's made of Tyvek, so it's not going to fall apart in the wind and the rain and the sand. What is your Desert Island Magic Book? Uh, it's got, got to be the Stars of Magic, Volume 1. Uh, ever since being a kid, I lived out of that, was so proud of learning slow motion four aces, oh. uh, some of the philosophy uh, that, that some of the magicians offered in there. There's just so much good material, card and coin material in there. I love that book. We're talking about Stars of Magic, the blue book, as, uh, right. as a lot of people know it. Uh, I know that there's been a reprint, soft cover, you know, it's got a star right. on it, it looks cool, but man, that blue book with the silver type on it, and then that's where a lot of people learn Triumph. Yes, yes, and I gotta tell you, uh, when I was growing up in Long Island, uh, there was a, a shop, Esposito's Magic Shop, Rockville Center. He's getting ready to close up his doors, and I said, look, I want to make one more purchase before I go. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend? He said, not a trick, always a book. He mm-hmm. said, and this is the book you Ooh. want. Man, get, the last purchase in a brick-and-mortar magic shop being Stars <sighs> of Magic is so good. Right? It's uh, it, it's. For, for those of you who are not familiar with it, you should check it out. There's going to be a link in the description. Um, but it is some of the... when Do you remember when it was published? or when? Because it was originally a series of pamphlets that got then collected into the Stars of Magic book. I can tell you, I probably bought it around 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given a little bit of time, I could pull, pull it off the shelf. But yeah. um, it, was, it was the book yeah. at the time. He said, this is the one. Yeah, it's got Fernan, it's got uh, Scarney is in it. Uh, yep. I think uh, yep. it's it's full of amazing stuff. And all, room Fantasy, yep. Yeah. Uh, just some great stuff in there. It's it's literally the book that taught a lot, that introduced some of what we consider to be classics and magic to yes. a new generation. And uh, uh, just out of curiosity, what's your favorite piece from the book? Slow motion, four aces. It took me a while to master it as mm-hmm. it was written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was only after years and years of finally earning my way up to Fector's when I started seeing some professionals perform their version of this. Mm-hmm. It's just, just outstanding. What a beautiful piece of magic when you can do that effect with ungimmicked cards. Oh, oh yeah. And please describe the, the effect for the listeners who may not be familiar with it. In short, you're dealing out uh, the four aces into what would ostensibly be four poker hands. You deal three indifferent cards onto each of them, and one by one, you show that the aces have left uh, the piles one, two, and three to go into your, the dealer's hand, and you can show the dealer's hand after each time. So you have two, then three, then all four aces. You begin and end clean. Oh, it's such a great effect. My... The Stars of Magic also holds a, a special place in my heart because, uh, if you'll permit a small story, it, it is it is my the, my favorite book that I own that is signed. Um, I have a signed copy. However, it is not signed by any of the magicians who are in it. 
Okay. Um, I went to go, when The Amazing Jonathan went back on tour, I knew I uh. wanted something signed by The Amazing Jonathan, and so I brought my copy of Stars of Magic, and yeah. he looked at me, and it's because I have a first edition blue hardback of the Stars of Magic. As, and, as do I. And I, I said, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Jonathan, would you please sign this? And he looked at me, and he looked at the book, and he said, are you serious? And I said, yes, and he opened it up, and he wrote, don't do any of this, expletive uh <laughs> signed amazing j and it is it is to this day my favorite thing that i've ever had signed by a magician <laughs> i get it i get it well, now, he is just outstanding isn't he There's, he's one of a kind i love him he really is his penguin lecture is is well worth the the watch but mark mark we're getting way off topic here but stars of magic what a great book to take onto a desert island it's full of amazing stuff and the listeners should check it out mark thanks so much for joining me here on desert island magic books all my pleasure. Thanks to Mark for joining me on the show. Mark was recently in Columbus to tape his Penguin Live lecture, and when I tell you it will change the way you think about strolling magic, I'm not kidding. It is going to drop later this year, and it's a phenomenal one. Now, on to the main event. Sarah Elephant was the co-creator of the best-selling memory art series. She has helped to inspire a new generation of magicians to stop, drop, and memorize everything. She's the president of the Raleigh Magic Club and an artist who combines all of these talents to create some phenomenal magic. I was interested in what sparked her interest in mnemonics, as well as what transformed something from just a memory into a miracle. She was able to take some time from her busy schedule to join me via Zoom, and now you get to join our conversation. Sarah Elephant, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I, I've I've gotten to know you over the last year, which, and I'm very excited to have you on the podcast because you're a, a very capable and talented magician, but more importantly, and the reason you're on today, is you're a memory expert. Yes. Uh, you're an expert. A mnemonist. A, mn- <laughs> a mnemonist, which is interesting because I think when magicians hear mnemonist, they immediately assume mnemonica or memorized deck work from Juan Tamarez, but that's not at all what you're talking about. Um, it is, a, a little bit. Uh, well, a little bit, yeah. I would say that Mnemonica came from mnemonics. Yes. Which PSA moment? It is mnemonic. The M is silent. Mnemonica. Yeah. So it's the M is silent, and it's not new. There's no U. <laughs> so you are, you're an expert in creating mind palaces and all kinds of things, which I want to get into to talk about a little bit to give people an overview, but. Essentially, what this is is a demonstration of memory stuff, and it can be presented as magic or mentalism, but you're demonstrating the ability to expand your memory far beyond what what normal people are doing, correct? Essentially. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the capability to do what I do. I don't have an incredible memory. In fact, I have a not-so-incredible natural memory. What I have learned to do is to think in pictures and to use these ways that our brain brains are naturally wired to retain information, to retain information. So it's based on three things, uh, location, images, and then crazy, weird graphics, some kind of gut emotional sensory reaction. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and there is a level of building a memory path, which you had mentioned, which um, you, a lot of people talk about peg systems if they're familiar with mnemonics Mm -hmm. and a peg system is also a memory path. It's just a series of locations that you know. So it could be walking around your neighborhood and you know, 
I see this house first and then I get to the bus stop and then there's the lady with the cat that always yells. And that's, that's your memory path. And then if there's something you want to remember, find a way to turn that into an image and put those images on your path. So next time you're walking, if you want to know, my favorite is the eighth president, Mm -hmm. um, Martin Van Buren. I picture him as a Martian driving a van of bureaus and he's crashed into the eighth location, which in my memory path is a headless snowman. So that's how you would remember that Martin Van Buren, Martian Van Bureau is the eighth president of the United States. And you're, you're sort of, when you say memory path, you're sort of creating a visualization of like a walking, a physical path. And, and if, uh, I've read a couple of your your works, and so I've, I'm a little ahead of the maybe the average listener here. But you're visualizing this path and placing these images as you walk down it. To and the more ridiculous, the easier it is to come uh, to stick in your mind. But these uh, these images then are are linking to the specific piece of information that you want to retain. Correct? Exactly. Exactly. And um, it doesn't have to be. So what I do as an artist is try to find ways to create memory paths that aren't physical. Mm -hmm. So it used to be that most of humans were nomadic. Mm -hmm. We traveled. We had we didn't have agriculture established yet. And we also were oral. We didn't write things down. So as they would travel the landscape, when they would reach a new location, a new place, their shaman or their wise men would have certain ceremonies and they would have pictures or art or song and dance that would tell these stories. And those on the outside might not know what those stories meant, but the learned men understood how to translate those stories into vital information on how to live in that environment. So that's why our brains have kind of developed this association with location and storytelling and song. And so I try, what I do is continue to use those ways, but then make it into art and paintings so that I can share my memory path with other people. So they don't have to go to all the work that I go to, to come up with what is the easiest way to memorize this whatever the information is, be it a stack or be it a lot of numbers or be it your audience members. So if I understand you correctly, and and I'm asking, I'm not telling here, but essentially what a memory path does is it takes advantage of this sort of natural inbuilt sort of defense or survival mechanism uh, of, of, you know, because, because of the nomadic nature of humans and being able to uh, take these, these, you know, places and images and, and connect them so concretely. And you, and that is just the way our brains sort of evolved to work. So what you're doing is, is taking that natural survival mechanism and then using it to retain ridiculous information like pi to a, an astonishing number of, uh, of things, right? Or, or a number of digits. Um, and then exactly. as a mnemonicist, you're helping other people by creating these memory paths for them to walk or to memorize to give giving them a, a jump start so that they don't have to create their own am i understand am i saying that correctly yes mm-hmm. so along with 
So each of my downloads, for example, talking about numbers easy as pie or the amazingest memory test, I'm not just teaching the performance. I'm not just teaching this is how you do this one effect. I am also teaching foundational principles for how mnemonics work okay. and how these memory systems work. So you can walk away going, okay, I now know how to perform this, but I also now remember the names of my neighbors when I meet them and see them a day later. It, it, mm -hmm. Just basic everyday tools, or I know how to use them in my day job. In I, I have so many people that have yeah. read my work as magicians who contact me and say, you have no idea. This has changed my life in such and such a way because it's applicable to everything that we do. How, how did you get interested in this? Because I know I have, I have a very, I have a hard time with, with connecting names and faces. And, uh, and this is the type of thing that I could definitely help out. And I don't know if that's like a structural thing in my brain or something like that. But I, I, I can look at people that I've known for years and just totally blank on their on their name uh, when I'm looking in the face. And uh, But how did you get involved in this type of work? And, and how did you start turning it into performance? Because I, I think that's the thing that fascinates me the most with these memory arts works is not just using this as an everyday tool uh, to make your life easier, but turning it into a performance art. I, I guess I'm asking a lot here, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. about that. And, and my answer has a lot of layers. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by Paul Curry's Touch. Nick LaCapo joined me via Discord to discuss this modern approach to a classic effect. Nick, uh, I, I want to brag on you a little bit because we don't get to do that on the podcast very often. And uh, mm. I don't think people realize how much work you put into the effect touched by Paul Curry. I, I did put a lot of work into that trick. Yeah, that's it's So this is a fantastic open prediction style effect where you, um, you, you, you have a deck of cards and you take out the Joker and you say to the spectator, you're going to make a prediction and you openly write a prediction out and you place it face down on the table. Uh, and then you'd spread the deck face up. And you say you can name any card. Now they can name it. They can pick it out. It doesn't matter. Literally any card can be uh, can be named. And I mean, it's going to sound like a miracle, especially here on the on the podcast because I can't show it to you right now. But uh, whatever card they name, let's say the four hearts, you then turn that Joker over on the table that you placed before they ever chose the four of hearts. And on the Joker, it says, "I know you will choose the four of hearts." And uh, it's just a really direct, direct hit, uh, direct hit mentalism piece with playing cards. Yeah. Now, this was originally published, a version of this was originally published in uh, Beyond, uh, Worlds Beyond by Paul Curry. And it's a great trick in there. But what you're going to get with Touched is a very special deck of cards that allows you to really make this trick like extremely direct and it, and it gets rid of a couple of problems with the original one that, uh, that yeah. are they're very minor problems. But, uh, when you smooth out those minor details, that's what makes the real miracles. Yeah. The, so the, this trick was like a big deal in the thirties and forties. Uh, funny enough, this was like the mat. This was like, if you were on penguin magic in 1940 touch would be, would be number one. <laughs> um, but if you got it, there was some obvious, like, Problems like, well, what if the spectator does this or that? So I just kind of 
kind of worked all those things out and we've we arrived at what I think is the way it's probably supposed to be done. You know, it's kind of maybe the final word on, on this trick. And uh, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, you teach close-up versions, but you also teach a parlor version. Oh, yeah. So there's just, there's, there's, you're, while you're getting a special deck that is going to do one trick, you're getting really a, a, a trick that is very versatile that you can do in a lot of different environments. And yeah, it's yeah. not the same card every time. So nope. it's like they name the card and, uh, and, and that's what it is. So you can, you can do this over and over and over again, which is really nice. You can do multiple predictions, and you. A lot of people think that. Well, so like one of the things is that you you don't actually consume any cards either when you're writing the prediction on the card. Doesn't actually matter. So you're not like having to like use a bunch of jokers or anything like that. It's all self-contained within the deck. And yeah, the stand-up versions are really cool. Um, I have versions of do, doing it with wine glasses. Um, and I even teach um, the original handlings, and then I, I, it's kind of like a very historical look on the whole touch, uh, the, the touch trick in general uh, on the instructional video. So, yeah, I, now that you're reminding me, I did put a lot of work into that. It's it's a great trick, and I think everyone listening is going to like it. So, Touched by Paul Curry and Nick Lacapo, you should check it out. That was Touch by Paul Curry, presented by Nick Lacapo, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, listeners to the show will receive 25% off when they enter the special discount code at checkout. And this week, that code is LACAPO. That's LACAPO, L-O-C-A-P-O, for 25% off touch when you enter that code at checkout. That code is only good on touch and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Sarah Elefant. And and my answer has a lot of layers mm-hmm. to it, so I'll try to be succinct. Sure. Um... I, like I said, when I found Raleigh Magic Club and found, not founded, but Mm -hmm. discovered Raleigh Magic Club, um, I was told to get Corinda. And in Corinda is the amazing memory test. And it's just written up as a list. It gets like the bottom part of one page and the top part of the next page. And so... It's something that would be easily looked over, but my father grew up really involved in my education. And what I didn't realize was that he had read Harry Lorraine's book Mm. um, and he didn't remember that that's the book that he had read. But I grew up learning to learn that way. Harry Harry Lorraine wrote one of the earlier, like one of the more prominent early texts on it. The memory book. Yes, yes. And so I grew up learning to think in pictures and that's how I did very well in school. So when I read the amazing memory test in Corenda, it seems like hokum. It, uh, mm-hmm. You go, oh no, there's no way that I can just do this and it'll work. It doesn't but read well I immediately in recognized, <laughs> But I immediately recognized it and was like, oh, I, this does work. Mm-hmm. And so I went through and I tried it and like that afternoon I was performing it for a friend and it was awesome. So it was the combination of that. I have been thinking this way since a child, unknowingly, not Mm -hmm. knowing that there were mnemonics and that these memory systems existed Mm -hmm. combined with finding this performance in this magic book and falling in love with it. And combining those those worlds and then putting art into it. Uh, so many books on memory 
tell you, imagine this, picture this, do this. And it's lists of things and it's translations. And so you're memorizing things in order to memorize things. And so there's a lot of what I think of as pre-memorization work. Mm -hmm. So I really try to take all of that out as much as I can, provide the art, provide the stories Mm -hmm. so that when you're done reading it, you know the information. You don't have to sit there and try to work to learn something to perform. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's, that's really interesting the idea of of selling or not even of selling but of just like providing a product that you get to the end of it and you've already done all of the work it, yeah. in 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 the process of just reading it to understand the contents of the book it's all the book has already done the work for you and embedding that stuff in your brain exactly exactly and and again i try to do it in a really fun silly way is because mm-hmm. That is what's memorable. Yeah. It's, Any, yeah. yeah. Those gut reactions. What, what do you think makes a really powerful memory demonstration on stage? And, and, and I ask that because I, I'm, the ones that I've seen are amazing. I, I mean, I tell the story a lot. One of my favorite memories is I went to a magic convention um, and I was, I think, 18 years old and I watched... Uh, uh, I watched Barry Richardson go up on stage, tear a magazine in half, distribute the pages in the room, and he was able to name everything that was on pages as people held them up. And uh, and I, I will never forget that he, he performs this brilliant piece where people are going page 17 and he's like, oh, that's, you know, that's the page with the, the, the rocket on it or, you know, page 19. He's like, oh, that's an advertisement page and it's an advertisement for speed stick and actually the athlete on it is, and it kept building. But then at the end of it, he... Uh, it was a lecture. It wasn't just a performance. It was a lecture. And he was like, all right, so the method on this is you, you memorize a magazine. Okay. And then we, and then he moved on. Uh, I mean, he, he was joking, but it was an indelible memory in my mind. Um, I've always wanted to do that, but to you, you're not talking about just like memorizing a magazine or doing Barry Richardson's magazine test. You're talking about a a lot of different things. Um, Well, and and actually to, memorize a magazine and to do those type of things you would use mnemonics you would mm-hmm. be yeah yeah associating yeah, yeah. everything you know with so yes those are the types of performances that i do love mm-hmm. um but i think what makes a good memory demonstration one i love audience participation Mm -hmm. so and that was one of the elements of what you were just describing but that's one of the things i like about the amazing memory test Mm -hmm. is you have the audience calling out items Mm -hmm. and so and this comes to the second thing make it your own yeah and um so there's so many ways that you can have the audience go in whatever direction you want them to go in as you're they're calling out objects and it can get really fun and funny and fast paced. Mm-hmm. And when you have some element of, of speed mm-hmm. and showing, I love with the amazing memory test. If I have someone writing down the words on the board, mm-hmm. I have them memorized faster than that. It can be written. Oh, so okay. it's fun to be, to, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Got it you know, that element of, oh, I'm doing this even faster than somebody can write it down. 
which also adds to the element of there's no way that this could some way be written down, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just so quick. Um, so making it your own that and that's one reason too with with my most recent ebooks um the amazing memory test and numbers easiest pie i don't provide script Mm -hmm. because those are both performances that i have performed so many different ways and can be performed so many different ways Mm -hmm. and i think the most important thing is to think about the audience, how to get them involved, how to get them interested. And I think if you're performing memory as magic, that's awesome. If you're performing memory as memory, find a way to teach your audience something, to let them walk Mm -hmm. away going, wait, I can do that. Because then you've elevated your audience and they, they feel empowered. And that's magical to me. Well, if, if someone wanted to learn more about doing some memory demonstrations like you, where could they find some more, some of your work and, uh, and more information about this? So I would say either start with the amazingest memory test. Mm-hmm. It is the perfect introduction to just mnemonics, building a memory path, everything you need to know. Um, it is available most everywhere. You can find it on my website, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm sarahelafont.com. And I also uh, have done some Instagram lives where I just talk about path building. Mm -hmm. And um, so you can find those on my social media, which is just my name. And and those are available for free and get you kind of an introduction into thinking about how to do some of these things on your own. Well, we'll, I'll make sure to include a link to your Instagram in the show description so people can click right there and go check it out. Sarah, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast and and talking to me about memory paths and and memory demonstrations. It was really exciting and I I look forward to doing, uh, to, to working with you more soon on other projects. Yeah. Thanks. It was great. And I can talk memory all day long. So, of course, I've loved it. (laughs) That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Sarah Elephant for the conversation. And thanks to you for listening. Links to Sarah Ella's Instagram where you can find out more information about mnemonics are in the show description. Be sure to check it out if you want to supercharge your memory. Next week on the show, I'm joined by my good friend, Eric Buss. He's one of the premier comedy magicians in the world. He's appeared on Late Night with David Letterman, Showtime at the Apollo. More importantly, we don't talk about his successes. We talk about bombing and how our worst shows have taught us our best lessons. It's something you are not going to want to miss. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you most recently forgot your password to. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to hang on. I'm still building Lego. Lego is my new thing now. I'm an adult fan of Lego. I just built a typewriter made of Lego. Does this count as sponsorship? I don't care. Lego! But, you know, if you have a different experience with the automatic binding bricks because you stepped on one, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform, and please get vaccinated. It's FDA approved. <laughs> <laughs>